0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by On 3 National Football Editor, Mike Hugenin. Uh Mike, welcome in. You've been on the show a couple times with us. Uh,
1: I got a couple of requests to have you back, and uh, here you are. How you doing, bud? Doing well, and the, the money I'm spreading around now, obviously, is working. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, you're just giving it to all those on Texas football fans. Everybody Everybody inside Texas, right? I'm sending them checks after, check after check after check. So forward. I got you. Uh, hey, Mike,
0: uh, no one knows college football like you. I really I really feel that way and have felt that way a long time. Um, big weekend coming up uh, for uh, games across the country. I want to get a chance to to get your take on some of those games. Uh, but first, I really want to talk about the Big 12 and Texas's place within it at this point from your viewpoint. Uh you're a national writer. You don't you don't you're not in Austin or anything like that. You're not don't have a hyper focus just on the Big 12. What's your overall take right now or what's the national perception in your eyes of the Texas football program?
1: Well, I think the return of Quinn Ewers is obviously gigantic. Um he's better than Hudson Card. And when you have a really high level quarterback, it gives you a chance in every single game you play. Um, if he doesn't get hurt against Alabama, who knows what happens. Um, I don't think they would have lost their league game to Texas Tech if Ewers is, is playing. Now, last week he, he looked quite good. I think part of that obviously was Oklahoma's defense is oh – man, it's bad. Um, but I think Ewers gives Texas a chance to, to win every game on their schedule. Now, that, does that mean they're better than Oklahoma State? I don't think so. Um, but I think they are better than everybody else. That they're, they're going to play. I still think Oklahoma State's the best team, though. We'll find out a lot more about the Cowboys when they play TCU today. So, um, and it's in Fort Worth, which makes it, I think, more difficult for for Oklahoma State. But I think Ewers's return is gigantic. This is the offense, I think, for the most part that Sarkeesian thought he would have. Obviously, Nayer being out is is not. But they play without Nayer, so they're, they're used to playing without him. But Ewers being back is gigantic, and you, you look at that triumvirate—worthy Bijan Robinson and Ewers—that is a elite offensive trio.
0: Yeah, I, I think what a lot of Texas fans uh, would say to you right now is that there's another guy or two other guys that are really contributing to that from a skill position standpoint. Uh, one of whom is uh, J.T. Sanders, the tight end. Um, he is a uh, sophomore only. Uh, did not see much time last year, Mike. <clears throat> but he has really come on uh, since the offseason and really, really rebuilt his body. And, you know, a, a lot of teams have good tight ends, but they're not used very well, right? That's the the conundrum of a lot of uh, big-time tight ends. They go somewhere, and they end up being not, not necessarily first-round picks, but second, third, fourth-round picks could be tremendous. But, you know, Rob Gronkowski didn't do much in, in, You know what I mean? He was he was just I think he was a third or fourth round pick, whatever it was, because, you know, in college, he wasn't necessarily used that way. And so I I feel like um, not only is J.T. Sanders a a long term potential guy there to add to that triumvirate uh, to make it a quartet, I guess, um, but (laughs) that they are they are looking good in that respect. Uh, And then you start talking about guys like Jordan Whittington and Roshan Johnson, who are, are upperclassmen seniors. Uh, that are playing key roles as well. Uh, Mike, uh, you look at the big 12 as a whole and you say, you you think it goes through uh, Oklahoma state at this point. Uh, Like you also mentioned, TCU is the other undefeated team in the conference and they play Oklahoma state today. Um, Give us your thought on that game uh, as well as the big 12 as a whole uh, and where you see some teams that are kind of mix and match. I mean, uh, what Baylor losing to West Virginia on Thursday night. I mean, Those sorts of games are happening in the Big 12 because of a level of parity, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, think about Kansas has a chance to win the Big 12. Kansas. So uh, it's sort of a wide open league, but I still think Oklahoma State. I think Spencer Sanders playing a heck of a lot better than he did last year. Last year, Oklahoma State was all about the run and all about its defense. While well, the defense has changed, not only the coordinator, but the players, I think Spencer Sanders, This play has leveled off um, and leveled up. I think that's a gigantic positive. I think he's a he's a Denton Ryan guy. I think J. Tavian Sanders went to Denton Ryan as well. So those those kids are playing big roles. But I think Spencer Sanders – his legs are, are a gigantic part of the Oklahoma State offense. I think you look at their receiving core; they got a bunch of good guys, no elite guy. And I think with TCU, Quentin Johnston can be elite. He certainly show, showed that last week. Um, still not quite believing how well Max Duggan's playing. Um, you know, here's a guy who lost his starting job in, in preseason camp. Then Chandler Morris gets hurt. Spencer, uh, I'm sorry duggan gets the job back and is playing in an extremely high level um we did a story on him last week and he he's saying i'm playing with a heck of a lot more confidence because i'm playing much more free and i think if you look between the lines yeah he's got a coach now that not a screamer um he likes playing for dykes he likes playing in that offense and he's playing free but i still think that Oklahoma State's the better team. Kansas State with Adrian Martinez. Martinez is doing some good things. Still, don't their passing attack is not good enough to win the league. Kansas without Jalen Daniels, I think they take a full step back. Iowa State is not very good offensively. Um, Texas Tech is, you know, they're, they're there. I know they beat Texas. I don't think they're a legitimate league contender. And West Virginia, I think, removed Baylor from that conversation on Thursday night. So um, to me right now, it's a three team race, Texas, TCU and Oklahoma state. And I think Oklahoma state's the best of those three.
0: Um, you, you mentioned also uh, Texas uh, and uh, being part of that, they they have to start today with a win over Iowa state. Um, I, I know that Iowa state uh, I, I'd like to get your think thinking on this because I've heard and, and talked with others. Iowa state plays a nice brand of defense. Um, yeah, very good
1: defensive. Yeah, yeah. He Cox's a really good defensive coordinator. They got – the um, Will McDonald's a legitimate pass rusher, though. He's had a slow start this year, but the NFL scouts like him. Colby Reeder, the transfer from Delaware, is playing really good at linebacker. The secondary lost some key guys to the portal, but they've sort of reconfigured and That's a solid group. I think the problem with Iowa State is that their offense took, heck, not a step back, but two steps back, and that's that's costing them
0: yeah that's my question you know how that is my question how good do you think this iowa state defense really is um and how bad do you think this iowa state offense really is
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I mean, I, I well, think, think that- would say defense should keep them in every game. But ultimately, especially in the Big 12, and really any league, but the Big 12, you got to score points. And I, I don't think they can score points against, quote-unquote, good defenses. Um, and I think Texas has a good defense. It's not a lead, but it's good. And I think Iowa State's going to struggle to move the ball consistently. They can do some things at times. Um, Brock has shown a couple things. Uh, Hutchinson's a tremendous receiver, and I would argue that he's sort of wasted this year because he, that he's not getting many big plays. And, you know, he's a Florida kid who the Florida schools didn't think much of, but that's Iowa State's got a lot of those guys. Florida kids who can play, but for whatever reason, Florida schools didn't recruit him. He's from the Jacksonville area. And I don't even, you know, if you look at University of Florida's receiving core, Hutchinson would be the best receiver there, but they didn't, they didn't go for him. So Hutchinson is a really good receiver. He causes problems for everybody. But as a whole, this the Iowa State offense is not very explosive uh, and, and struggles to be consistent. And I think, again, their defense consistently is good. The offense is not.
0: We've talked a little bit about Texas from a national perspective. Talk to me about the implosion of OU and Brent Venables and what that looks like from a national perspective and what y'all really think and what what the national media really thinks of that uh, from the outside in, you know?
1: Well, I think Dylan Gabriel being hurt sort of exposed that their offense. I mean, Davis Bevel is not a very good quarterback. He'd be the number three guy at Pitt. And that's where he transferred from. And he he is a veteran. You know, if he's playing in mop-up duty or for one series or something, he's okay, but he's not a starting level quarterback for a power five team. Um, Dylan Gabriel, when he's healthy, is good. Marvin Mims is really good. Eric Gray is really good. The offensive line isn't as good as it normally is under beaten ball. That's been a surprise. Defensively, you know, Alex Grinch took a ton of grief the last couple of years. I think it's obvious that it's not all Grinch's fault. Um, now, those are the players that Grinch wanted. I would argue that what he would be asking them to do is different from what Venable's wants. Uh, you know, Venable's teams at Clemson they were extremely physical, especially up front. The Oklahoma defensive line is not physical up front, so um, it's going to take I think another recruiting class or two to get Venable's where he wants to be. But and I think if Dylan Gabriel comes back, you're going to see Oklahoma involved in in more shootout kind of wins. But yeah, last week they were just totally inept offensively, um, and Texas took advantage and you know a 49-0 beatdown. Um, that's a good. I, I would argue if I'm a, a Longhorns fan, that's a good sign. We took a Oklahoma team that's not good to the woodshed, then we burned the woodshed down, and then we bulldozed it over. So that, that's a gigantic positive for Texas. But again, I think Dylan Gabriel comes back. Oklahoma still can get to a bowl game, but if he's out for any more time, man, that, that's an atrocious offense.
0: All right, uh, talking with Mike Hugan, national editor of uh, On Three Sports, uh, football, basketball. Uh, Mike has been covering it for decades now. Mike, uh, talk to us. It's a big weekend around the country in college football. Uh, Explain why it's such a big weekend on a national scale.
1: Well, there's six games where both teams are in the top 25, and one of those is Oklahoma State TCU. The biggest game of the weekend, obviously, Alabama-Texas. I'm sorry, Alabama-Tennessee. You got questions about Bryce Young's health, uh, and Tennessee is a legitimate Offense. They can move the ball on the ground, in the air, average 340 uh, through the air, a little bit over 200 rushing. So they move the ball. Um, and if, Alabama, if Bryce Young doesn't play, um, Tennessee's winning. If Bryce Young's not close to 100 percent, Tennessee's winning. So his health is vital there. I think Penn State, Michigan's a huge game. It's in the big house. Um, both teams run the ball extremely well. Blake Coram and Nick Singleton are big-time running backs. I think Singleton's addition at Penn State has been immense. They have not run the ball well the last two years. His presence there has opened up the running game, which in turn has lessened the pressure on Sean Clifford. Uh, I think if if Singleton can get 7,500 yards today, Penn State can win in Michigan. I believe in Sean Clifford more than I believe in J.J. McCarthy. Um, huge game, Syracuse, NC State. Syracuse, a big time surprise, unbeaten. They play really good offensively because they change offensive coordinators. Robert Anai has made, has made Garrett Schrader into a good college quarterback. And if you watched that kid last year, you're like, my God, get him off the field. Anai gets there. They're really good now. And NC State, does Devin Leary play? If he doesn't, I think Syracuse is winning. And there's also USC Utah. Huge game in the Pac 12. UCLA shredded Utah last week, um, and USC's got vastly better receivers than UCLA. Uh, UCLA's running game's better, so this is a big game for for both those programs and the first, I would argue, true test for Lincoln Riley uh, as, as the USC coach. All right, um,
0: Mike Hugen, and the next question I have for you is a little bit different. Uh, it's about college openings, right, and where openings are at. So there's going to be one, uh, or there already are some at Nebraska, Wisconsin, Georgia tech, uh, Arizona state. One more. I I can't think of Colorado, Colorado. Okay. Um, Who do you think are the favorites for those jobs? Just line them out a little bit for me.
1: Well, I think Matt, if, if Matt Rule wants to coach at any of those places, I think he'll be given the chance. But the thing is, I don't think he's a good fit at Arizona State. And I think Wisconsin is, frankly, they're enamored with Jim Leonard, the the, the interim. Uh, I think unless he falls flat on his face, he's getting that. Um, does Matt Rule want to go to Nebraska? I think if he does, he he, he makes sense there for a lot of reasons. Um, Nebraska is not obviously not like it used to be. It's never going to be that way again. But the way Matt Rule coaches, I think he'd be a good fit there. He's a developer, um, is, is a solid recruiter. I think he could mine some of his Texas uh, connections from that he made when he was at Baylor. I think he'd be an interesting fit there. I think Lance Leopold obviously knows the landscape in Nebraska, um, at being a former Nebraska assistant under Solich. So I think he makes some sense there. Does he want to leave Kansas I would think so, but but who knows? Georgia Tech is sort of a wild card, and obviously Auburn's going to come open. Um, it's a question of when, not if, b- Auburn fires Brian Harson. He's a sort of the dead man walking situation. Um, Georgia Tech, you, you hear a lot about Bill O'Brien, the Alabama OC. He, he coached there as an assistant under George O'Leary when they were successful with a quote-unquote regular offense. Paul Johnson had success there, one in the wishbone. Obviously, Bill O'Brien would not run the wishbone. Another name at Georgia Tech is Jamie Chadwell, who's at Coastal Carolina, would bring in a run-based offense, but a heck of a lot different than the wishbone. But I think Matt Rule is sort of the wild card out there. He's making $40 bucks to not coach the Panthers. Evidently, there is a little bit of an offset if he takes a job elsewhere, but I don't think that would you know he's if he wants to coach next year at Nebraska I I, I think they would let him um, for sure because I think he has a lot of cachet especially in the college game but the Auburn job is going to be interesting the Georgia Tech one is going to be interesting um, you, you, you know you everybody here is, you know does Deion Sanders want to coach somewhere other than Jackson State I think the answer is yes would, would Georgia Tech give him the opportunity I don't think so would Auburn that would be interesting. Uh, And the names that always come up everywhere, Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze. Um, You know, Freeze has huge amounts of baggage. I don't think Auburn would care about that. (laughs) Um, Kiffin, you know, he's sort of said that, you know, he's not a good recruiter. He's a phenomenal guy. He mines talent in the portal. Um, He could do that at Auburn. Obviously, he's coached in that league. Um, he's been an assistant in that league. He would be, he's coaching in that league now. He knows how it works. Um, that would be an interesting fit at Auburn as well.
0: All right. Uh, it, it looks to me, uh, we're halfway through, right? Uh, the regular season, six games in for most, most teams in the top 25 or so. Uh, it, it appears to me like we have a group of three or four that are, have been kind of a ahead of the rest. But this weekend could be one of those where some of them uh, come up short. Penn State or Michigan, one of them's going down, right? Alabama or Tennessee, well, if Alabama doesn't have Bryce Young, are you really getting their, their best shot? Um, uh, if so, or if, on the other hand, Tennessee loses, then they go down a rung, right? Uh, who are your top five teams right now in the country, Mike?
1: Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I guess Michigan, even though I think they're going to lose, because I think they've been relatively impressive so far. And I guess Clemson. Uh, Clemson does have wins over Wake Forest and NC State. I think both those teams are pretty good. Um, though I would say that if you know if, if Clemson were to go against Georgia, Ohio State, or Alabama, I think Clemson loses by two touchdowns. Um, Uyunga Lalay is a good quarterback. He's not close to being elite. Um, you know, they, they beat Wake Forest. Wake Forest defense is not good. Of, co- of course they beat Wake Forest. And then they beat NC State. Well, that's because uh, I'm sure Texas fan favorite Tim Beck is NC State's offensive coordinator. And if you're a Texas fan, you realize, well, that means their offense is not very good. And it's not. So um, Clemson's got two impressive wins, but the teams they beat aren't all that impressive. So I think they would be one of my top five. Tennessee obviously can move into that category this weekend. So can USC? I think if they beat Utah, that would be extremely impressive. And I think Penn State, if they beat Michigan, would move into my top five as well. Um,
0: Mike, uh, any major news or anything you're really following from a trend line right now uh, across the country that you're seeing this season uh, compared to previous ones?
1: I just think that you know there's still folks out there who want to whine and moan about the transfer portal. Give it up. I mean, it's 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 here to stay. Um, there's an inordinate number of transfers having gigantic impacts around the country, and I think even some coaches who badmouth it realize, man. This is a phenomenal way for me to easily rebuild my roster, especially if I'm only looking for a one or two a one or two guys for one season rental purposes. Um, like Alabama, for instance, with Tyler Steen at their left tackle. I think Jameer Gibbs goes pro after this year, the Alabama running back. He's been gigantic the last two weeks. But, you know, Saban is not, I don't think, a big portal guy, but he realizes, hey, this is gigantic. And I think if you're Dabo Sweeney, you need to realize that my team is really good, but I could have made it even better if I had gone into the portal and looked for a legitimate wide receiver. Um, And so I think the portal continues to be the gift that keeps giving for everybody. You just got to get in there and use it. And the idea that you said five coaches or or halfway through the season, five power five coaches have been fired, Um, including one Paul Christ at Wisconsin, who got a contract extension in 2021, a year ago. So the amount of money that's being thrown around, you know, all the ADs in 2020 and early 2021 were bemoaning, oh my God, COVID wrecked our budgets. And these same dudes are just out there throwing money around like a five-year-old with nickels who just throws him down when he's mad. So um, more coaches are going to be getting fired in the next couple of weeks. And I think that is a trend that we're going to see continue in the ensuing seasons. Coaches being fired in September and October, whereas it used to be if you fired your coach before November, something was really off.
0: Yeah. I think that part of that too, is the transfer portal weighs into that uh, calculation because uh, if you don't do that, then you're not going to be there early. You're not going to get a coach early enough to react to the early signing period and to react yeah. to the, to the portal when it opens up in December. Um, and so that's, that's an interesting thing. I like the description of a, a five-year-old throwing his nickels down and in, in disgust because uh, that too uh, rings true uh, with a, a lot of the uh, ADs right now. Uh, Mike, uh, you're, you're, you're also uh, uh, looking at the Heisman Trophy and national awards like that. C.J. Stroud, the odds-on favorite right now, the quarterback to, from Ohio
1: State. To me, State. yeah. I mean, to me. And we're, you know, I, Ivan works with us, and Ivan wrote a, a little note. Ohio State scored 41 touchdowns and kicked two field goals. They, they score. They score at will. And Stroud's the, the, the guy who's at the master controls. And the, the staggering thing to me is all the success he's had throwing the ball Jackson Smith-Nagjigba is not playing because he's hurt. So their receiving core is awesome without probably the most talented wide receiver in the country, which shows, you know, Brian Hartline, that dude knows how to recruit wide receivers.
0: Forty So time time out. 41 touchdowns
1: and only two field goals? Two field goals, yeah. All year? They've only kicked two field goals. So they get in the red zone, man, they score. They don't kick field goals. So – um and and it's it's five five teams are perfect in the red zone one is tennessee which is something to keep in the back of your mind later today when they play alabama this will be by far the best defense the balls have seen but seriously i mean that is a really high level tennessee offense they do a lot of cool things they spread the field they get their dudes in space and Hendon Hooker, you know, that's a perfect example over the transfer portal. If you saw Hendon Hooker play at Virginia Tech, you're like, this guy is not, he's not a power five quarterback. He he might not be a group of five quarterback. He can't throw. Then he transfers. Boom. Heisman, Heisman, one of the Heisman favorites, I would argue. And that's because Justin Fuente, when he was at Virginia Tech, had an offense that was stuck in 1987.
0: Got it. All right. Mike Huganen, thanks for the Saturday conversation, Mike. I appreciate it as always. Uh, Good luck watching the games today. I hope some people uh, uh, get a chance to watch it up. Uh, Texas tees it up at 11 o'clock today at DKR. Uh, For Mike Huganen, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been On Texas Football.